Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, Rockstars? It's Matt Johnson. We're back again with another episode of the UX Podcast with a phenomenal guest, Matthew Pollard. He is the founder of Rapid Growth Coach. He's the host of Introvert's Edge. He's also the host of the Better Business Coach Podcast. You may have come across him through all kinds of ways, um, most likely through one of his shows that he hosts. He's also the executive director of the Small Business Festival in Austin. Uh, he is all over the place, best-selling author, award-winning blogger, and podcaster. So we were super, super fortunate to, uh, to grab a little section of his time. Uh, his schedule is absolutely crazy. He's speaking all over the place. He's actually putting together a speaker's bureau, I believe, uh, for Australian speakers to come speak in the US or something like that. So he's got a super interesting background. He's based in the States now, but he's Australian. So you hear that wonderful accent. Uh, and we're going to talk about sales and introverts today. Um, I Matthew is in total agreement. We both feel like today is pretty much the best time in the history of the face of the earth to be an introvert and be an entrepreneur. Uh, the barrier are breaking down, the communications tools that we have now lend themselves really well, um, and just the sales process and the expectations about the sales process have changed. Um, people want trust, they want relationship, and introverts tend to be really good at doing that. Uh, the things that uh, the sales process used to rely on, which was the quality of, how, you know, of your pitch and the ability to be kind of a uh, that have the gift of gab, you know, as you would call like the traditional salesperson is getting a lot less important and buyers are making about 60% of the decision before they even raise their hand and want to talk to anybody. Uh, and so to me, it's the best time in the world to be an introvert and an entrepreneur. And so Matthew's an authority on introverts and how to be successful as an introvert. So we talk a little bit about that. We also talk about how introverts can find their X factors. In other words, those unique skills, attributes, and abilities that a company can be based on. We also talk about why you should always question the assumptions of your niche. And Matt's got a great story about how he questioned the assumptions in his original niche and became the number one salesperson in his company in six weeks, going from uh, pretty much zero to hero uh, in a very short period of time, just by by questioning the assumptions. And it reminds me of going all the way back to, uh, to David Sandler's story, you know, Sandler's selling systems of how he did something very similar, questioning the assumptions of the sales industry and ended up becoming a top salesperson. Very, very similar story. Um, so always question the assumptions, the things, the, the, the rules that are set by the other people that are in our niche or our category, because that may just not be the truth. It may just be the rules that someone else erected so that they can play the game on their terms and we can play the game on our terms just as well. So with that being said, we're going to jump in. This is Matthew Pollard on how introverts can find their X factors and become great at sales. Enjoy. Yeah. See, we're, we're talking about kind of why, why this is like the greatest time to be, to be an entrepreneur. It's not just, a, especially uh, if you're an introvert, this is like the, the most incredible time. What are you seeing? Like, why, why do you feel that way? Cause I know why I feel that way. I know why, I, what I'm seeing, what are you seeing? Well, I think there are, there are a huge number of things. I mean, firstly, 
technology has grown in a way that people don't have to work in a company anymore. The great talent can be recognized by doing podcasts. They can be found online. They can have great websites. They can also go out and speak to people. I mean, just simple things like my first business, I had to have like a Windows server box in my office just to manage our email. Now, get a Google Apps account for like, $10 a month or $5 a month or whatever it costs, yeah. right? It, to, to manage our customer database, we had to have like this Excel custom developed system to manage our customers. These days, people just pay $50 a license and act like that's expensive yes. to go and <laughs> and I'm like, wow, right? But yeah. we're, we're very, very privileged because these days we have the ability to have all of this corporate infrastructure that you used to have to pay thousands of dollars for for like 10, 20, 30, 100 bucks a month, right? We can have huge amounts of storage. We can have, we can be accessible to a global economy where in the past we could only sell to our next door neighbor. Now we can sell to everyone. Now there's this whole backstory about, you know, I built five multi-million dollar businesses from the ground up before I turned 30, but they were all bricks and mortar. And, okay. you know, telemarketers, direct salespeople. And if you had a, all these people used to come and try and sell to me. You should go on Facebook or you should, you know, do email campaigns. I'm like, listen, you're just too scared to pick up the phone or go and see someone. Now, yeah. I was an introvert, terrified of selling and became comfortable with that. So I'm like, you clearly are just too scared of this. God, I want to slap myself because now, <laughs> right, I, you know, I, I understand it. And what I realized is there's a lot of people that are doing things online that aren't succeeding because they don't have what it takes to be a successful business. So they haven't done the strategic work, but okay. that's why they wouldn't succeed online or offline. But right, right. you have that and you've got it, done it right, and if it's, if it's crystal clear, it works amazingly online. If not, you need to be in a networking event because you literally got to hold on to the person and say, no, let me explain, right? But mm. if you do it right, then now we live in a, in a world where we can use technology, psychology, and strategy to get our ideal clients to chase us. This is an amazing time to live. And, you know, it's only really happened. I mean, while I say I want to slap myself, you know, five, my 10-year-ago self for not listening, in truth, a lot of the stuff that exists today didn't exist 10 years ago. No. And for people that want to be entrepreneurs today, there is just so much technology that we can leverage to be noticed and so much technology we can leverage to actually do the act of business coaching or copywriting or website development or, or, or designing, you know, designing technology and getting it out to the world. We have so much more availability now than we've ever had that really anybody that has got a functional skill should be out working for themselves if they're good at what they do because they're always going to be able to earn an amount of money that's going to exceed what they could in employment. Yeah. If it is the key, they learn how to articulate it correctly, get it in front of the right people that are willing to pay and realize that, and this is, you know, this is a quote from zero to one, one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. If you look around and you don't see any salespeople, you're the salesperson, right? So <laughs> starting a business and you don't realize you're in sales, oh my gosh, it's only going to be a small amount of time until you're begging for your job back. Yes. Yeah, that, that is true. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the same things. And I, I would add to that, which is very, a very good thing, which is the, the rapid growth of technology and the way technology is developing is also making it a lot easier for all of us, business owners included, to see what actually produces results and what doesn't. Which if you're, if you're in the area where, let's put, let's put it delicately, 
if you're in a bureaucracy, if you're in a large company, it's very difficult to tell what jobs produce value and what jobs are actually there primarily to slow down other people who are producing value, compliance departments and things like that. Um, that all is going to get exposed, which is going to be a very interesting development. But for, for those of us that are like already on the outside of it, like we're, I'm cheering it on because I want to see it. The only negative part I, I can see coming out of it is that it's going to have exactly the effect that you mentioned, which is those people that are good at delivering the service, but don't realize that all of life is sales and marketing are going to, at least in the, in the, you know, when they first get out there, struggle with the idea of selling. And that, that's what I love about the introvert's edge is you, you like, you've got this process and you, and you nailed it down right there, which is if you've done the strategic work to really, you know, be able to clearly explain what you do to the point where you don't have to meet somebody and get five minutes with them to sell, then you have a chance at really succeeding and, and building a great, great lifestyle, like outside of this corporate structure. So I love that. Well, absolutely. And I, I think there's a really important thing here because there are two major issues that these service providers with great functional skills have. The okay. first one is they don't believe that sales is possible for them because they don't have the so-called gift of gab. And you know, yes, my book goes a long true. way to proving that that's not the case. But secondly, they think it takes a lot of time to learn. And okay. in truth, it doesn't. I mean, people go to and do a degree for five to seven years. They then spend 10 years learning how to perfect their, their art or their, their service that they do mm. to go out into business for themselves. And then they don't do the strategic work because they're oh, that's going to take a lot of time or they hire someone because it's supposed to know what they're doing. And a lot of times they hire someone that says they know what they're doing. But I mean, ask the question, you know, are you booked out in advance? Do you have lots of customers? And a lot of times they find out the answer is no. I mean, today we live in this, this problem where not only do I find a lot of people have shiny object syndrome with the fact that they want to open up seven businesses. And I think that's because, yeah. you know, over time, We've, you know, we've learned that diversification is, you know, it's spreading our risk. But in business, we only have a, a small amount of time, a small amount of financial resource. We have to be hyper, hyper focused. Yes. But secondly, I, I, I tend to find that people have shiny object syndrome in tactics. So because they're like, okay, I don't want to learn how to sell what they do is they double down and they hire someone to help them with Facebook ads. Then they hire someone to do LinkedIn sales and then they do web, they're doing this webinar thing and they're doing all these things. They do nothing well, right? Yeah. If you want to prove your business has legs, what you need to be doing is you need to get your message absolutely spot on, right? So that when you articulate it, people are like, Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more as opposed to what, I mean, when we go to a networking event, when we say what we are, what do we generally hear? Oh, that's nice. And then it's like a conversation dance. And we're like, no, no, listen. And now we're shoving things down people's throats, right? If yeah, that's yeah. the case, that's not going to work online either. Like yeah. <laughs> in a networking event, you can actually shove it down people's throat. Online, if it's not crystal clear and excites and inspires, people are going to go click next website. So yeah. you're dead. And if you don't understand who specifically you work with, and this kills me with new entrepreneurs, is they're like, oh, no, no, I'm going to work with everybody when I start. Because, you know, once I, once I get a little bit of skill set, I'm going to, you know, I'm really going to specialize. But right now, any customer is a good customer. So let's get this right. When you have less economy of scale than your competitors, no testimonials, no past experience, you want to work with everybody with a bland message? No, that's crazy talk. What yeah. you need to do is go one small niche and then over time start to open up to new demographics. And people are like, oh, but that's cutting me out. Yes, but to a small group, you're the exact and only choice. Yes. And then building the sales system. Now, for me, all sales systems should start 
with outbound sales, right? Going to networking events, speaking to real people. Because mm. if it doesn't work there, guess what? It's not going to work online. Once you've yes. got it yeah. laser sharp face to face, then by all means build it online because now you've got an effective system, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I'll go and build a webinar. And they've never actually spoken to a real customer face to face about whether they're interested. I see people yes. go and develop technology that takes them two years to develop and they've never gone out and spoken to anyone to see if they want it. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but that, it goes back to the same problem, which obviously you're trying to solve with the, with the book and speaking, which is the one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's the fear of, well, there's a couple things there, especially with folks that develop a technology or a service that they'll spend two years in development without asking somebody. And it's because they are afraid of the uncomfortable part of asking. And then there's the, the other layer underneath that, which is they're afraid of what the answer is. Because oh, the answer might be, we don't want that. Yeah, and the, you know, and they also, they'll, if they go and talk to people, they'll generally talk to their friends and their friends are like, oh, that's a great idea because you don't want to tell your friend his idea sucks or her yeah. idea sucks. Yeah. So then they're like, and we go and speak to other people. And they're like, oh, when it's developed, I'll totally buy it, right? I mean, there's a, there's a, uh, a company out there called Foundations, I think it's called. And it's like, if you want to build a techno piece of technology, number one step, go and get some people to sign a contract to say when it's developed, I'll buy it. Sign yeah. the contract, right? Yeah. Because otherwise, you, you're just blowing smoke, you know what I mean? So what you've really got to come back to is having that conversation. See, for me, when I first started, what I did is I went to some networking events, validated my message, my niche, and my sales system worked. Then I built that into a keynote presentation, and I started doing podcast interviews to prove that it worked. Okay. Then I built this whole online system because I'd proven that it works. Now, you know, people from all over the world, you know, chase me to get, you know, the opportunity to either work with me or whatever. But it all started with me making sure it worked face to face. And I mean, Ryan Dice has, you know, um, been on my podcast, The Introvert's Edge and, you know, great guy. And he said, and I asked him the point, you know, point blank because, I mean, he's like, the number one person online for trying to teach people how to make money on the internet. I said, so can I avoid selling altogether and just do it hundred percent online? He goes, absolutely. Yes. If you want to go broke, he's like, <laughs> that's a great response to that question. Okay. He said like with him, what he did is he created a online coaching program, right? Okay. So he wanted it to, to, to teach people originally how to be successful on the internet, but he ran traffic and conversion summit. So what he did is he said, I'm thinking about launching this program. If you're interested, come and speak to me. He's like, I had three days. I did over a hundred sales conversations in those three days. I wanted to go home and shoot myself. Yeah. But at the end of those three days, I knew every question they had, every query they had. I'd simplified it so that I could explain a 30 minute thing in three minutes because I needed to get my point across quickly because there's somebody else waiting to talk to me. And then I built all that into copy. And now I've got a really successful business doing just that. Yeah. Right. What a lot of people do is they avoid the initial conversations. They avoid selling because it is confronting, mm -hmm. but it's not really what it is, is they've avoided. I mean, my backstory is I didn't want to be in sales. Like it never even occurred to me that I could, I would have been very happy being a data entry person. I mean, mm -hmm. I had a reading speed of a sixth grader in late high school. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And because of that, you know, I got diagnosed with this thing called Erlen syndrome, which basically means that I put on a pair of colored glasses and magically I can learn to read, but I could, st I had to start again. I was 16 years old, right? So I hustled and hustled, but it was a lot of work. I got to the top 20% of my state, but I told my parents, I have no idea what I want to do. Give me a year off to find myself mm -hmm. and I will, you know, then go back to university. 
Yeah. Anyway, I took a job at a real estate agency and I know people think, oh, you were out there selling. No, it was the guy in the back office doing data entry with the look on my face saying, don't speak to me, here to find myself. <laughs> so okay. three weeks in, I, my boss comes up to me and he's like, Matt, I got some really bad news. Uh, the company's decided to shut down this office. You're out of a job. I mean, I just started, but worse, I mean, I'm in Australia, not America. So we take right. our summer breaks and Christmas breaks at the same time. Everyone's going on a month long holiday. No one's hiring. The only jobs I could get were commission only sales. And I promised my dad, and I didn't come from a rich family. I promised my father I was going to look after myself. So that was the only job I could get. That was the job that I took. Well, after five days product training and not a single second of sales training, I get thrown on this road called Sydney Road in Melbourne, Australia. This is like over a thousand doors on each side. Right? This is like terror for an introvert. Okay. And then what made it more terrifying is I took a deep breath and I went to work, walk into the first door and realized no one actually told me how to sell. I, don't, I didn't know what to say. So I took another deep breath and walked into that door. And I was, luckily enough, politely told to leave. Shortly after that, I was less politely told to leave. Then I was sworn at. And then I got told, this is my personal favorite. Go and get a real job. It's the only job I could get, right? So constantly getting beaten up. I kept going door to door to door. On my 93rd door, I made my first sale, right? That's 93 doors of rejection before my first sale. Right. And I remember I was ecstatic. I mean, I made $70 like, and I was ecstatic for like 45 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, I got to do this again tomorrow and yeah. the next day and the next for the rest of the year. It wasn't okay. Yeah. But what I did is I made a decision. First decision was sales had to be a process because if it wasn't, my year was going to suck. Mm-hmm. Right. And I made myself a promise. I was going to learn this system. Now, I had a reading speed of a sixth grader, so I'm not exactly picking up any Zig Ziglar books or Brian Tracy books to learn. I mean, yeah. so take- where did that come from? Where did that decision even come from that this oh. had to be a process or a system that could be figured out? It had to, because otherwise the year was going to suck. I just had to put a line in the sand because otherwise I had to do what everybody else that's probably listening that says they don't, they're not great at sales is doing. This is just my life. Mm. And I wasn't okay with that. Now, I mm. couldn't pick up a book because it would have taken me a year to read it, let alone right. apply it. But what I found at that stage was YouTube. Now, back then it was just becoming popular and it might, I mean, it surprises a lot of people. There's a lot more on there than cat videos, people. And (laughs) I mean, that surprised, that surprised me back then. It still surprises a lot of people. But what I did was I started to learn steps of the sales process and I started to cobble things together. And day after day, I would spend eight hours out in the field and then I'd spend eight hours at home learning the next step or perfecting the process. Mm. day after day, the number of doors that I took to make a sale went down, you know, it went from, you know, 93 to 48 to 36 to 20 to 18 to nine to three mm-hmm. within the space of six weeks, that kind of, that trajectory kind of happened until my manager pulls me into the office. I thought I was in trouble. I like, he look on his face, look puzzled. And he actually said to me, he goes, Matt, we're a little bit blown away by this. We just got our national sales report you're actually the number one salesperson in the company, which just so happened to be the largest sales and marketing company in the Southern Hemisphere. So I went from scared to sell, really terrified to do it, to being the number one in the company within six weeks. So now I teach thousands how to do it. Some, you know, Mm -hmm. know, the book, the book's doing incredibly well. We get the opportunity to teach, you know, tens of thousands of people at a time now, which is terrific. But it all came from six weeks hard work. So for the people that are watching that are like, oh, no, I don't want to learn sales, you don't have to spend five years. I mean, think about some of the subjects you studied at university that you hated. 
<laughs> those were still three months long. Yeah, totally. Dedicate six weeks. And here's the thing. I would have been happy doing data entry, but I would not trade the life in I have now for yeah. that lifestyle. And yeah. for some of the people that I've worked with that find sales terrifying and never want to do it, now that they actually understand it as a system, they really quite enjoy it. So just like mm. skiing, for me, it was terrifying the first time I did that. Mm. And I remember being on skis and not figuring out how to stop and going down a slope, yelling out to this poor child that was miles in front of me, sorry, as I flew into them and had to pick them up. So, and then falling on my coccyx bone, and it was horrible. It was a horrible situation. <laughs> That's yeah. sales the first time you do it. Right. But I had no lessons in skiing. And I could have continued that way and I maybe would have learned to skate. But instead I got lessons and I got better at it, but I realized that it was a process and a system. Sales is no different. Hmm. Love it. Okay. So there, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you real quick before we sign off. Uh, so going back to the, the, oh man, there's, there's two different directions I can go. Let me, let me quickly ask you this about authenticity because this is something that a lot of introverts struggle with. And this goes back to kind of how you look at rapid growth. Um, how do you balance what you feel like the market will buy and, and what will really create rapid growth because there's an opportunity there when you don't feel like that's the authentic thing to sell? Oh gosh. Okay. So first thing is, and I'm going to, I'm going to quote Jim Carrey. I don't think many people quote, uh, quote it's, it's so cliche. Oh, yeah. quoting Jim Carrey on a business podcast. Yeah, I know. Right. So Jim Carrey, you know, everyone knows he's a famous comedian. Well, they, and he won an award at his university and the award was given to him for, you know, his life in, in comedy. And he said, and I, I still get tingles when I, when I hear this, but he's like, my father was a really funny man and could have been a famous comedian. Instead, he decided to take the safe choice and become an accountant instead. Many years later, his father was laid off and their family had to do what they had to do to survive. Now, there's a whole backstory around how Jim Carrey had to be the janitor at his own high school to help mm. the family pay the bills. Can you imagine how that would have felt, right? He said, I learned a great deal from my father, but nothing more important that you can fail at what you don't want. So why not take a chance at what you love? Mm. Now, for me, here's the thing that I find people do wrong. They hedge when they're doing that. And they're like, here's yeah. what I think I can make money out of. Here's what I'm passionate about. Now, there are scientific studies to support this. So one of the, the things I get all people that I work with to do before they even start looking at the business is I get them to write three business goals, three personal goals, one of those incredibly selfish to themselves because that's going to drive them. And right. then I get them to summarize those goals in 250 words or less. And, you know, there's a, for people that want to go through this process, I've got a podcast called The Better Business po Coach Podcast. Episode 17 is called Forget About Goals, Why is the Key to Success? Mm -hmm. And it talks you through that process. But the reason why I tell people to do this is I find high achievers are really great at writing goals. I mean, they knock those out of the park and they do them in seconds. Mm -hmm. The problem is when they get to writing the whys, they really struggle to come up with those answers. And the reason being is people, especially high achievers, tend to inherit their goals from their mother, their father, their, I don't know, drunk roommate they had in college. They just hear these goals and like, yes, that's what I want. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to obtain that. And they never really think it through. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they get to this point where they think they want those things. And a lot of people can't muster the fire in the belly to really go after what they think they want because it's not what they actually want. The second part of that is the people that do hit those goals are like, why did I do it? I mean, I can tell you my first million dollar business, I won a massive award. I was making a ridiculous amount of money. I was miserable. 
So because of that, it's really about making sure you're aligned with your passions and don't trade it in for the practical and don't just assume what you want. So the why statements are really the critical element there. Once you've done that, absolutely focus in on that. You know, I was, there's an NLP study that says in life we, every single second we experience 2 million bits of information through all our senses, you know, what we see, feel, hear, and touch. Okay. Now, if we don't have laser focused goals, we'll see what, what happens is we then grab that piece, that 2 million bits of information, but our brain, the supercomputer that it is, processes 126 bits. So what we do is we delete, distort, and generalize everything we see, feel, hear, and touch based on our beliefs, values, past experiences, and a subset of that is our goals. So while I'd like to think I'm an amazing coach, in truth, just getting people laser focused on the one thing they truly want to be doing allows them to see opportunities that are right there in front of them. Because yeah. if you grab 126 and break it to two ideas, then that's you know half of those bits operating in both directions. But what if the goals are taking you in two different places? You can work really hard going nowhere. So yeah. making sure that 126 is absolutely focused is critical. But then the reason why most people fail is that they don't understand how to brand themselves in a way that gets people inspired, right? For instance, I worked with this and how long have we got left on this show? Because this, this explanation will take me about three or four minutes. Do we have time for uh, that? Yeah, we got time. Okay, so I worked with a language coach out of California and she taught kids and adults Mandarin. And it was the practical thing for her, right? That it was how she made money. But she comes to me, she's like, for nearly you know, 10 years, I've successfully sold this for 50 to $80 an hour. And now I've got all these people moving into California willing to charge 30 to $40 an hour to get their first clients. Mm. Not only that, there's, thanks to our global economy we now live in, people in China are willing to do it for $12 an hour on Craigslist. Right. And on top of that, thanks to our friends in Silicon Valley, there's now technology, pay a monthly fee, I'll teach you Mandarin, you teach me English, we won't charge each other. And <laughs> it's like, she's competing with free. She's like, right. how do I, and she came to me for the tactical element, right? Can you teach right. me how to sell more effectively so that I can succeed? And I said, Wendy, what I want to do instead is avoid the battle altogether. So I looked at all the clients that she worked with and what I discovered is there were two people and it was only two that she worked with that she really enjoyed working with, but they were executives being relocated across to China. Mm -hmm. And she did a bunch of extra things for these people that, that was more than just language tuition. I mean, she helped them understand this concept called galaxy. For us, I mean, that means outer space, right? But mm -hmm. over there, that's their word for rapport. So basically what that means is, you know, if I'm trying to sell something to you in Australia or the United States, a really bad salesperson might sit down for 45 minutes and at the end say something like, so do you want to move forward? And you'll either say yes, no, or everyone's favorite, let me think about it. Sure. If you say, let me think about it, I'm going to reach out to you next week and ask you. And if you still say you want to think about it, my chances of getting that sale are going down and down. Yeah. Now, in China, though, they're going to want to meet with you five or six times before they even discuss business. Hell, they're probably going to want to see you drunk over karaoke once or twice. <laughs> I mean, but this is just the character of the people you're dealing with. It's their culture. Right but they're not doing transactional 12 or 24 month deals like we do. They're doing right. 50 to 100 year contracts. Right. So this is longer than a lot of people's careers. So they want to know the person they're getting into bed with. The mm. second thing she helped them understand was the concept of e-commerce and how it's different between the two very different cultures. And third, she taught them the importance of respect, like learning the language is not enough. You've got to reduce your accent. I mean, it's the same in China when somebody hands you a business card, right? What do we do in the Western world? Oh, thanks. Put it in my pocket. And I, I just keep talking. Right. Mm. But that's disrespectful. And I mean, worse, I could pull out a pen and write something on it. Now they're never going to do business with you. Oh, wow. 
In China, you're supposed to grab the card with two hands, hold it, look at all the detail on the front, flip it over, look at all the detail on the back, bow slightly, pull out a card case and put it in. I mean, I spoke in Thailand to 100 vice presidents of different departments of Electrolux. I mean, they commanded thousands of people each. And when I handed them my card, they did exactly that. And if I didn't do the same, they would never have worked with me. Right. So I'm like, Wendy, you're doing so much more for these people than just language tuition. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to help. Like these things are important. And I said, yeah, but you're stuck in your functional skill. Is it fair to assume that as a result of this assistance, they're going to be more successful in China? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, I hope so. And I said, well, great. Why wouldn't we call you the China success coach then? Mm. Instead of teaching Mandarin, which is the thing you're doing because it's practical, yeah. it's clear you love working with these people. Why not turn you into the China success coach and create a China success intensive? Well, this turned out to be a five-week intensive working with the executive, the spouse, and the children to be relocated across to China. I mean, she loved the idea, but she's like, well, who would I sell it to? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, who do you think? And she said, well, obviously the executive. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I was terrified moving from Australia to the United States. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, and they, we speak the same language. I mean, imagine going to China, but yeah. that's not your ideal client. She goes, well, obviously the company would pay. And I said, well, yeah, a lot of times they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars riding on the executive being successful. Still no, though. Frustrated, she looks at me and she's like, well, who then? And I said, well, it's the immigration attorney. She looked at me puzzled and I'm like, well, think about it. The immigration attorney, interesting business model, five to $7,000 for a successful visa. But that's, you know, they've got to go through all the bureaucracy, all the paperwork, got to find a customer, which is expensive. They'd be lucky to make two or $3,000. I said, just offer them $3,000 for a successful introduction. They loved the idea. They're like, double my profit. What do I got to say? She said, simple. All you've got to do is say, congratulations. You know, you've just got your visa. Now, I just want to double check you're as ready as possible to be relocated when you get there. And they would say, well, yeah, I think we're set. You know, we've learned the language. Thank you. Kids are getting pretty good at it too. Place organized. You've got our visa. I think we're we're good. And they just respond with, there's a lot more to it than that. I think you need to speak to the China success coach. When do we then get on the phone with the easiest sale in the world? recommended by the immigration attorney, company willing to pay, executive terrified. She charged $30,000 for this platform. And after a $3,000 referral fee, she made $27,000 for the easiest sale in the world. That's the power of not starting with sales. So while I always focus on people understanding that sales is a system, and my publisher hates me when I say this, you don't need to buy my book. The first chapter, (laughs) I've gone into detail explaining that. If you do nothing more than just grab those seven steps, yeah. Right. Write them down, work out what you currently say and put that in. And if it doesn't fit, throw it out. You shouldn't be saying it to customers and mm-hmm. then fill in the gaps. You'll double your sales in the next, you know, in the next 60 days. And you can download that at the introvertsedge.com. Mm-hmm. But if you start with sales, then you've kind of already lost because you've got to get that message clear. You've then got to get that niche understood. Like Wendy, she became the China success coach by going, what are the skill sets I have outside the scope of my functional skill? that are aligned with my passion and then what's the higher level benefit? By calling myself the rapid growth guy, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, I'm a branding expert, a sales strategist. I'm so many things. Nobody cares. They don't Mm -hmm. care how long it took me to learn these things or how hard it was. But when I say I'm the rapid growth guy, the simplicity of that message gets me heard in the crowded marketplace. And that's where people should start. So there's a template I have that's like a five-step template that walks you through that process. What I always suggest is if people do these three steps, Go to the uh, Better Business Coach episode 17 and get their goals laser focused. Then do that template, which you can access at matthewpollard.com forward slash growth. Because step three really makes you, forces you to make some decisions. And if you haven't done the podcast first to have that laser focus, 
it's difficult. But if you have, yeah. it's simple. And then once you've got that locked in, then check out the Introvert's Edge sales system and you'll find that your results will be miles better for the rest of your life. And it takes hours, not months. Yeah. Well, first of all, that, that was awesome. And, uh, and uh, there's, there's so much that I, I wish we had more time because I would love to unpack just that there are so many things in the process of what you walked through there in terms of how you leveled up, how you found the sweet spot between what her passion was and what people were willing to pay for, identifying who the ideal client is, finding the who, who actually pays. That, that was an incredible revelation. Uh, which is always interesting because there's there's other business models we can consider if we can find somebody else to do the paying but besides who we think is doing the paying. Anyway, we don't have time for any of that. So people should take what uh, <laughs> take what you said, do the exact process that you laid out. Uh, and I 100% agree if, if the why is not crystal clear, every, everything else is going to be exponentially more difficult. And I think that's what causes exactly what you talked about, shiny object syndrome at the tactical level. It is not the problem. It's the symptom of the problem. The real problem is not having that 100% clear focus on the why. Absolutely. I mean, it drives me nuts when people are so worried about Facebook ads and all these tactics mm -hmm. when they haven't got those three steps right and verified out in the real world that it works. After that, everything else becomes super easy because, I mean, we all know the reason why Facebook word ads don't work is you don't know who you're speaking to and you don't know what the message is and then you don't know how to close them when they call. Fix yes. that part first before you start throwing thousands of dollars into a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100% agree. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, that is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine and we'll see you on the next episode.